Hey, this is Rob Harder with Making Your World Better, a nonprofit leadership show where real stories from real people who are coming up with real solutions to solve society's biggest challenges. What does it take to be an effective nonprofit leader today? How do people fundraise in an economy that is constantly in flux? How do you relate to board members in a way that inspires them to make a difference? What are the best practices that separate effective nonprofits from others? It is my hope that through these episodes, people can learn not only what it takes to be an effective nonprofit organization, but to hear real stories from real leaders who are successfully making a positive impact in their communities. We hope you enjoy this series as together we hear how they're making their world better. Welcome to the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast, Making Your World Better. Today we have Charles A. Archer, the CEO and founder of the Thrive Network. He's a social entrepreneur and a community advocate. His life mission is inclusion matters. Charles has a lot of experience, both in the for-profit world as well as the nonprofit sector. And today we'd like to address this issue. How can leaders build an effective nonprofit organization where the entire team shares a common vision and achieves its mission together? I know it's a big question, but Charles up for the task. And in this podcast, actually, Charles is going to share a little bit about uh, the principles and key insights that he put into his book, Everyone Paddles. He'll talk about the importance of every member of a staff team and how critical that every member is involved on the team. He talks about the critical role of an ED or CEO of a nonprofit. And he finally talks about how, uh, how we as leaders can overcome some of the biggest challenges facing nonprofits today. I think you're going to really enjoy today's show. Well, today we have a very special guest, Charles A. Archer, CEO and founder of the Thrive Network, a social entrepreneur and a community advocate whose life mission is inclusion matters. Charles, it's, I've been very impressed with what I've seen online and all the things you're involved with, your accomplishments to date. Uh, I really appreciate you taking time to be on the podcast today. Thank you, uh, Rob. I'm, I'm really glad to be here and, and talk with uh, all the nonprofit leaders and other business leaders who are listening. It sounds good. Well, it sounds like you are in a, a conference now, which is great because we're going to ask you a lot of questions that uh, I'm sure you're dealing with and maybe speaking to at your conference. Uh, but first, let's just start with, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. How specifically you got involved serving in and leading within the nonprofit sector? Um, you know, I, when I'm asked that question, I look at how I got to this place. And one of the things that definitely stands out to me is really early on in my life, and I dare say um, in elementary school, I really wanted to find a way where um, I felt included and in that kind of desire to be a part of something bigger, I I think it led me to uh, my work at the Drive Network. Uh, Twenty years ago, I was on an airplane with my my co-founder, and uh, we saw an advertisement in an American Way magazine that said, uh, do you want to start your own business? And understanding social services, understanding the lack of community organizing around um, supporting people, uh, we decided to start what is now known as Thrive Network, and we haven't looked back. So it sounds like you were prompted to go into maybe starting your own business. And obviously, you've done a lot of different things in the for-profit sector as well as the nonprofit sector. So kind of the follow-up question is, let's dive into that question about team. Having an effective team that understands the mission and works together effectively is critical for any business, for that matter, and certainly for any nonprofit. How do you eliminate or at least reduce the common silo effect within many nonprofits where members of the same team perhaps go off and do their own thing? 
it's one of the things that I, I talked about in uh, Everybody Paddles, a leader's blueprint for creating a unified team, where I discuss principles about building camaraderie and consensus. And, you know, with everything, I think the first thing is to be aware that it exists and be aware that it's going to take time to address it. Silos will occur. And as much as people assume that silos are a negative thing, think about the silos of people who really want to work well together. Think about the silos of people who really believe in your mission. Think about the camaraderie and a department that is built. So taking out the negative connotation from silos and let's just create a team where people support each other, where people support the mission and the vision of our not-for-profits, and we can connect that type of partnership with the community, funders, other supporters, and philanthropists. Uh, excellent point. And, you know, when it comes to the nonprofit director of, or say an executive director or CEO of a nonprofit, how much weight do you put on to that particular person's role versus the entire team? In other words, do you feel like it's the executive director's role that sets the pace for the entire organization? Or is it um, the board's role? Or is it everybody's role on the team to make sure that we don't go off into our silos? I think you're probably going to hear me use the word everybody paddles very often because I think it's everybody's responsibility. Um, twice a month, I go into the new hires training, and I get the opportunity to talk to some of the new hires who have decided to work with us, and we've decided to work with them. And one of the things I make sure I mention to them is, as the founder and CEO, my role is important, but it's not the only important role. And I think that when staff hear that and staff see that, they understand that the ship that is known as the Thrive Network only works because everybody contributes, everybody paddles. So it's a matter of the board sets governance and direction. My role with my executive team is obviously operational leadership, but I think that all, everyone in, in, in an organization must feel that today I work and I contribute to whatever our mission is. Excellent. And when you work with nonprofits and you, I'm sure, see good nonprofits, you see ones that struggle, um, what do you typically do in terms of um, dealing with, say, an executive director who's just not effectively leading his organization or her organization? Um, if you were a consultant, would you come alongside and approach the board initially? Would you come to the director and offer you know, a consulting help? Um, what do you typically do when you see that a nonprofit is struggling and not everyone is paddling, you know, using your phrase? Um, how do you go about fixing that? When I had the opportunity to consult around the country, I have the opportunity to speak with people who, at minimum, they realize that something needs to change. And I think that, you know, as a CEO, that the first line of uh, interaction has to be with the CEO only. And getting the CEO to realize that what you're feeling is real, um, yet you are responsible and accountable there is an opportunity to change. And for me, and, and how I kind of approach change is, let's not talk about it, let's actually go be about it. So for me, if we want to change, what are we going to do today to change? I'm not going to set a long-term goal and wait to change in 30 days. I want to start the change process immediately. And if that means that the CEO is now making a list of all the things he wants to see change and then prioritizing, 
that's an instant thing for people to get their head around, and that's one of the first things I really do when I'm talking with executive leaders. Excellent. Very helpful. Okay, so what are the right metrics for ensuring team unity? I mean, how can a struggling nonprofit implement those metrics most effectively, in your opinion? You know, there's some people who would believe that the only metric is are people going to HR or employee relations and making or filing a complaint? Or do you have turnover um, within your various departments, et cetera? I, I think the metrics are, for me, are people happy when they come to work? Do people enjoy the environment where they are? Are we as nonprofit leaders and nonprofit employees contributing to the lives of other people that make their lives better? That's the main metric for me. Are families satisfied? Are funders satisfied? I think when you think metrics, people automatically assume that it's just internal. That is one phase of the metrics that we need to be concentrating on. But I think thinking about are people satisfied or is our quality and compliance um, in, in accordance with regu regulatory requirements, you know, th those are the things that I think are all important metrics to consider. Excellent. And as we talked earlier a bit about, you know, struggling nonprofits and, and how do you go about helping a nonprofit overcome the barriers that are keeping them back, uh, you spoke already a little bit to the role of a CEO. Um, let's expand that a little bit. And, and in your opinion, what are the top three most important roles an executive director or CEO of a nonprofit plays and why are they so important? Um, I, I think the first one is setting the tone for the organization. There are moments in my own leadership where I assume that people are not looking or people are not following or people are not understanding the direction that we're going. But I think remember that, you know, you set the tone for the organization from what is said to what is done and what outcomes we will accomplish. Um, the second thing I would add is it's about how do you build an organization and a culture that can operate and function when you're not present. And being able to build a culture that lives beyond you is extremely, extremely important. Um, the last thing I would add since you asked for three is to remember that the beneficiaries or the recipients of our nonprofit services need us. So we don't have the opportunity to take a day off from making sure that services are provided or be aware of the trending factors in our industry that will affect us 12 months to 24 months down the road. It's about ensuring that our, you know, for, for me, the recipients, people with disabilities, families, other disenfranchised groups or disadvantaged groups um, are, are aware that we are here we care and that we're here to ensure ensure that services are provided. Very good. And that leads us to the next question. You know, we've had a lot of people on the show and they've talked about different things that make their nonprofit effective or what they've had to struggle through in order to become a more effective nonprofit. Um, again, you've been around the country. You've done a lot of leadership. Uh, you've filled a lot of leadership roles. You've helped other nonprofits out. You've written books, et cetera. In your opinion, again, what are the biggest barriers for most nonprofits in general that prevent them from becoming as impactful as they could be? You know, I, I don't think that there's one formula to it. I think every nonprofit has a culture, et cetera. 
if I had to say um, within the disability space or within industry, um, I think nonprofits being able to forecast and understand the trends that exist today and how those local trends are connected to state trends or connected to federal trends is really one of the things I think we all could be better at doing um, is ensuring that as much as industry changes, as fast as it changes, we have to be up, up, up to speed. I think the other thing is is that I think leadership, um, some would assume that it's tough, um, and that might be the adjective or the verb that they would use to describe it. But for me, leadership is um, interactive. Leadership is involved. Uh, leadership in, in so many ways, as I said before, doesn't have the opportunity to be turned off. When you're in a position of running a business, when you're in a position of leading people, you have to be involved. You have to be interactive. You have to be uh, available. The other thing I, I think that is a challenge for us all, and, and, and this really comes from watching how politics is playing out in our society these days, there's so much noise. There's so much out there that the nonprofit who is contributing to the labor labor force, who is using local resources and, and, and partnering with other small businesses, and who is creating a level of community that doesn't get recognized, the nonprofit has to find a way to get to the people and to get to the supporters and to get to the funders um, in, in, in the ways that we need to. I think you're right. Um, in our current political climate, I think uh, nonprofits have the opportunity to really shine, if you will, because most nonprofits that are effective, they're really making a difference, as you said, in the community. They're doing something. They're filling a role. They're filling a need that no one else is. Um, and as opposed to maybe dividing lines in the sand, they're saying, no, let's get together. Let's gather our resources. Let's meet a need in our community, and let's do it as effectively as possible. So if you, you, you've served as a coach, um, say it. Oh, go ahead. Keep, uh, what do you think? If I could add a, a quick thing, I think what happens is is that, you know, uh, we all know the stages of a business, and it goes from infancy up until adulthood. And, and one of the things is is that, you know, when we talk about the evolution and the involvement and the industry, et cetera, we've got to also be able to move in the direction where things are going. And a lot of times we're stuck in our world where we never intended in, in so many ways to have to go out to the community, we always assume that the community would come to us, that they would find us. And I think there's been a big shift that now we have to go out and make sure people know our voice, that people know our presence. And leadership or CEOs and founders, we have to take the nonprofit advocacy role to a new place. You know, as industry changes, if we're not at the table discussing, if we're not participating and the regulatory and the other type of changes, then there's going to be a position where we're only going to be able to move in a direction other people would tell us we need to go. And for me and my team and the Thrive Network, we enjoy participating at the local and state level in the disability fight and the advocacy fight and the equal rights and the human rights fight because we believe that the leadership that's going to need to be done not just in our communities but in our country is one that does include and think about everybody.
I'm really glad you said that because, you know, we've had uh, conversations before on this podcast about how government and nonprofits can work together, and advocacy is such a critical role, and I'm glad you mentioned that. I think it's something, in fact, we may have to just bring you back on the show to talk more about how you're doing that currently because that is such a critical need, and I think it's often, honestly, misunderstood by a lot of people um, how you do that and how you don't violate, you know, a nonprofit status, et cetera. So thanks for sharing that. Um, you know, if someone's listening to this podcast and they're a leader and they're like, yes, I agree with Charles. This, this, he's right on, but maybe they don't know how to implement that into their organization, or perhaps they're not the CEO or executive director and they're on the staff. How do they go about overcoming some of these barriers you mentioned in order to make their nonprofit as effective as possible? How would you go along coaching, again, either an EED or CEO or someone on staff? Well, I, what, what I've done is that I've met with people and talked with people and consulted with them on how I believe that they can do it once I get more information. But from a, a general sense, I, I think understanding that our board of directors are great mentors for how business and industry works, especially if they're not in our particular nonprofit industry. So we have an educator. We have someone in banking. We have someone in hospitality, someone in, in, in uh, other nonprofit spaces, and my ability to communicate with them and either through a telephone call or a meeting or lunch, I get a chance to discuss within the comfort and, and, and privacy of trust that um, some of the things I might be struggling with or challenged by, and I think that that's a good resource. In, in the same vein, I would also add I've had the, the, the fortune to have some really amazing colleagues um, who work in disabilities in New York State, and the ability to talk with them has also given me a different perspective on how to approach my leadership and my advocacy. Very, very good. So you'd mentioned, uh, or actually we talked about how, you, what are your key roles as a social entrepreneur? And we've had people on the, the podcast before, again, talking about how nonprofits either have moved towards a social entrepreneurship in terms of their model or philosophy of how they're running their nonprofit, or just that they're starting to use some of those principles into their nonprofit, particularly when it comes to fundraising. So I wanted to ask a question related to that, because you are a social entrepreneur. Do you believe that nonprofits in general today need a major overhaul of their leadership culture? Or do you find that most just need to tweak things here and there? Uh, and give a few examples of what you've seen and what you've experienced. I think it's a tweak and then there's a larger change. Um, what I've seen is people really look at their middle management. And, you know, middle management obviously has a huge important role in the nonprofit space. And, and what I've seen is a change of a middle manager who has been in place um, probably longer than they should have. And that little tweak of either changing a person to a new department or finding a better role or realizing that there's somebody that needs to be separated from the, the, the organization has really changed the leadership perspective. And, and I'll give an example. We had two directors and two amazing, hardworking directors, but realized that in the particular department that they were in, they had been there so long and have done this work so long that we really just kind of, you know, we tested out a department swap. And moving two department heads to different departments energized the entire department. And I think that those type of little tweaks make the difference in the long run 
But another thing as a leader that we all struggle with because we have huge responsibility is being patient with the change. A lot of times we want to change tomorrow, we want to change now, and, and, and at times I'm guilty of that myself. But I think being patient with change is something that, you know, nonprofits have to grow accustomed to dealing with. You know, that's a really good point. Patience is such a critical role for leaders. And particularly, like say, when you're bringing about change, change is hard. I mean, most people do not like change. So to bring about change is really tough. It's an understatement, isn't it? Um, so, so again, say someone's listening and, and they are a CEO, um, uh, ED, and they're just, um, they know they need to change. And uh, they're trying to move forward. They're trying to implement all the principles you've been talking about, some of the things we've talked about in previous shows. Um, maybe today, as we kind of close, what's one thing, the most important thing, I guess, is the next step. What would you encourage a leader to do if they find themselves in a situation where they know they need to make long-term change, and it's going to take long, a long time to make these systemic changes in their organization? What's the first step in your mind uh, if they're at that place? I think that that's a, an excellent question, and it's the reason why I decided to write the third edition of Everybody Paddles, because I was looking for something that gave me practical steps, understanding all the theories that are out there, for something practical that either I could use or I could pass along to either my clients or my staff or, or, or other leaders. And, you know, the, the principles of Everybody Paddle range from Unity stabilizes the boat to captainship to stewardship, et cetera. And I think to answer that, I would want your audience to know that education and training is your responsibility. That if you want to be better, you have got to go and educate yourself on ways that you can do things differently. There, there comes a moment when all of us have been in our roles for so long that unless we go and figure out a different way to do it or pick up a book or attend a training course or attend a conference, we're not going to learn to grow as leaders. And I am a huge proponent, and I spend time with my uh, assistant executive director and myself really figuring out ways where quality can improve, employee engagement can get better, corporate compliance and ethics gets better, and just community awareness, et cetera. So we're always looking at how do we educate ourselves, and that would be the advice that I would want the nonprofit leadership uh, community to kind of get, that it's time to go and learn something new. Well, excellent insights. My guest again today has been Charles A. Archer, CEO and founder of the Thrive Network. He's a social entrepreneur, a community advocate, and his life mission is Inclusion Matters. Uh, Charles, thank you so much for sharing um, with your with us today and all your insights. If people want to find out more about you and your organization, where do they go? Well, to find out about the Thrive Network, we're at thethrivenetwork.org. Uh, if you search the Thrive Network on all social media outlets, you'll find us. Um, we continue to do these type of podcasts and other type of advocacy things because we want to raise awareness that, you know, for the last 20 years, we've really built a reputation around people with disabilities and their ability to be contributing members in society and creating an opportunity for dignity and respect um, for people and independence for people with disabilities and their families. To find out about me and what I'm up to, I'm Charles A. Archer on all social media outlets. I'm CharlesAArcher.com um, on, on the web, 
and Everybody Paddles is available in Hudson News, Barnes and Nobles, and on Amazon. Very good. Well, again, thanks for all that you do. Thanks for your leadership. Thanks for making a difference in your world and in our world. And again, thanks for taking time to be on the podcast today. Thank you. I wanted to let you know that we are on iTunes. If you are wondering how to find out where we are, check us out on iTunes by typing Nonprofit Leadership Podcast or Rob Harder, and this podcast should show up. We also encourage you, when you go on iTunes, let us know what you think. Give us a review. Give us a rating. We would love to hear what you think of this podcast, and your feedback will help us expand this podcast to get it out to as many people as we can. You can also go online to listen to this podcast, either nonprofitleadershippodcast.org or my website, robharder.com. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep making your world better.